stunning, stunning matchups in a two-game series for the Marlins against the Angels. We are previewing that on today's Locked on Marlins and delighted to welcome in a UK GOAT, Nick Wright, to help get into these Angels. What has changed since we saw them in opening week? I think a lot. It's all coming up on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and greetings from England. Welcome to Locked on Marlins. It's your daily Marlins podcast with me, host, of course, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Mammy Marlins underscore UK. Don't forget the underscore. And for those watching, they can see we have a guest. I've already teased it out. Nick Wright is back in the house. LA Angels UK, one of the UK goats, no doubt about it, being out to Anaheim as well this year. So we're going to dig into that. Nick, how are we doing, brother? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Glad to be back talking to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, we spoke opening week. Opening week, mate, there was no YouTube channel then for, for Lockdown Marlins. So we've we've taken a step up. Um, what about these Angels, mate? Because they, they handled the Marlins early in the year. You were absolutely on fire early in the year. You were out there. We You need to tell the listeners as well what, what you experienced when you were out there. But actually, let's start there. Let's start with your, your trip out there. Yeah. And the experience that you had, and what you get, to, what you get to, uh, what you got to see on the field itself, mate. Honestly, it feels like a different lifetime ago when we <laughs> spoke early in the season of that Marlin series to the Marlin series coming up now, and yeah, it is a different world away. But as you said, the high point of the season for the Halos happened to be the week that I went over to Anaheim. I went over for a six-game set. We had three with the Nats, three with the Rays. I think the Angels ended up taking both series. I think we won 2-1 uh, both series. But it was just historic, mate. Absolutely historic. The pinnacle being the Reed Detmers no-hitter that I was there for. Yeah, got a no-hitter in the books. Oh, my but days. also, just like loads of history, mate. Mike Trout broke the Tim Salmon's Angel Stadium home run record when I was there. Shohei Atani hit his first ever professional Grand Slam. Mm. Anthony Rendon batting left-handed for the first time, knocked one over the fence. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It was just, it was just whirlwind surreal. Um, treated like a king over there. It was mm-hmm. on broadcast, loads of interviews, loads of pictures. Just everyone, just absolutely buzzing that I was there. And likewise, honestly, uh, just, just loved it. Incredible trip. Wish I could have stayed out there. And to be honest. I'm getting quite a lot of the blame for the Angels' downturn in form with my departure from people over there begging me to come back. I did see that, mate, because at that point when you were there, they were proper riding the crest. Like, the Angels were on top of the world. Like you said, not only did you get a no-no while you were there, which was sensational, a grand slam from Otani, a left-handed Rendon knock, you know, eighth or ninth inning, whatever it may have been. Um, I guess the eighth. Um, Eight, yeah. So stunning effort. They also won both of those series. Since then, boy, oh boy, a lot has changed. A lot has changed with the Angels. And I think it all started, they were on this, like, clearly they were on a bad run. They hit a bad stretch. They, they lost a lot of games in a row. And they were the first, I guess, to, to kind of pull the trigger, the managerial trigger. Um, Joe Madden um, fired uh, midway through. 
uh, not even midway through the year. But Joe Madden's gone. I mean, just dig into that firstly. What was your take on that that decision? It's a real tough one for me because Madden personally has been very, very supportive of everything I've done over here, mm. um, everything that we've tried to do as a UK scene, a UK community. He's always been really supportive as a guy and, and just loves baseball. So on a personal standpoint, I found it really, really hard to take, to be quite mm. honest. On a team level, I also personally didn't believe it was the right decision. Mm. I understand we were 12 games into a losing streak at that point, and Manassian clearly felt like he had to try and do something. We know Madden wasn't his guy. He was appointed before Manassian took the role. So there's always that to take into consideration. GMs mm. always usually want their guys at the end of the day, don't they? But yeah. I feel like there were other opportunities there to try and mix things up that weren't getting rid of a baseball legend like Joe Madden. I mean, the hitting coach, for me, been poor, like could have got rid of the pitching coach. So the development team has been pretty substandard, to be quite honest. So there was a lot of avenues to go down that he could have chosen. But instead, he went with Joe. And I think it's a real mistake. You look now, we haven't improved at all since Joe's gone. Uh, Phil Nevin's come in, got himself a 10-game suspension. So he's hardly in the dugout anyway at the moment. We're currently on our fourth manager of the season uh, in this series now with uh, Ray Montgomery, who took over from Nevin, also suspended. So it's like, it's an absolute shambles, mate. But quite honestly, as I said at the time, there was nobody better mid-season you can get than a legend like Joe Madden to lead your team. Mm. And so what was the point? And also we got robbed of seeing him with a mohawk. Oh boy. what was the? Where was the mohawk coming from? So the day he got fired, he'd uh, gone and got his hair done in a mohawk to try and inspire the group oh really yeah but oh I'm, my and no one get the, the players, players to get never, to see it the players never got to see it because he got oh that's a shame before. that is a shame see there you go he was thinking of things we need to change something up we need to make something happen i'm willing to sacrifice my you know aging handsome good looks i'm happy to go with a mohawk <laughs> to make it happen and um anyway he was canned maybe that was the the, the camel that Broke the no the straw that broke straw, the camel's back. Straw, yeah. Boy, boy, maybe that was it. He walked in into the uh, the ballpark and they just went, "Listen, Joe, that's it. You got to go. <laughs> that's it. That is not an LA Angel look, no doubt." But so there you go. I mean, that I mean, the Angels have been <laughs> they, this like streak, lost streak calculator was running and running and running. It was like became a big, big story. Obviously, Joe Madden fired. Um, they obviously then you know end the streak, but really. The baseball hasn't turned around since, really, for the Angels. And I did see something the other day as well, which kind of caught my eye. Trout was out in the outfield, um, basically yelling over to whoever the pitcher was at the time. I don't know who it was. Elvis Pagura, yeah. Saying, you're tipping your pitches. You're doing this. You're doing this. I can see it from out here in the outfield. And you're tipping. And basically, you know, Trouty looks to me look to be a little bit, you know, unhappy, let's say. Frustrated is maybe the right word. Absolutely, and I would be too. I mean, if mm. Trouty can see that from from the outfield, why is the pitching coach not noticing that? Yeah, in the dark. Well, he's out? suspended. He, the pitching coach isn't there. <laughs> I think he's one of the few that might be around still. Wow, but doesn't seem to be helping out too much. And no. Yeah, Trout. I fully agree with you. Trouty does look frustrated, but at the same time, and I don't like to knock the best player of a generation, but he had an 0 for 26 slump in the middle of the Angels losing run. Mm. He's now currently 0 for 14, 0 for 16 again in another one of these large slumps. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's still obviously fantastic. And in between those slumps, he went on an absolute tear and his OPS was ridiculous. But it, I don't know. 
If you're frustrated, is, do you not need him to be stepping up to the plate? Is he not the guy that should be dragging you through these through these games? Maybe I I'm, mean, maybe I'm wishing too much on him, but he's been in that position for the last ten years, though. However, like, yeah. it, it's there's only maybe so much um, that that Mike Trout himself can do for sure. But he definitely cuts a you know a frustrated figure right now, which is fair. And like you said, he's been he's had a couple of these slumps that is very out of character for him. Like even when the Angels of old have been not great, Trout has been like angel proof. It doesn't yeah. matter. Trout's just Trout. If he's healthy, he's doing what he's doing. So, yeah, I think that's a really a big thing for us to watch collectively as fans. Uh, I, I really do hope the Marlins fans pour into Lone Depot over the next two days. I think it is a real premier matchup, not only because Sandy Alcantara goes tonight for the fish, which there is no better pitcher in baseball right now, taking on Thor, which is a, a stunning matchup. Plus, you then get the benefit of the way the, the rotations match up. Otani goes on Wednesday yeah. in Lone Depot. I mean, a lot of people are a little bit upset that it wasn't a Sandy-Otani matchup, which would have been, that would have been truly out of this world, otherworldly um, for sure. But we're going to get a good look at, you know, both Thor, Otani, and Sandy Alcantara going, and Trevor Rogers. we shouldn't forget, in, in this <laughs> series. So, you know, stunning pitching going. Mike Trout's healthy. He's in a slump, but nevertheless, he's going. The Marlins are winning games. There's some momentum brewing for the fish. So all of this combined makes this one of the most intriguing two-game series I think I've seen in a long, long time, no doubt. But um, let's hit the pause button one sec. It's time for the first ad of the day. And then I want to get into specifically um, Thor, how he's been going, um, and also Otani on the mound specifically. So we'll mm. do that in a sec, but... Uh, before we do that, guys, uh, this episode, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Blue Nile. And at BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating custom engagement rings of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all the prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. No, no, no. So if you're ready to pop the question or celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. So... Who's thinking about popping the question? If you are, you got to sort out that ring first. Build the engagement ring of her dreams. Blue Nile, what have they got? Simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, bigger is better, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Bespoke, bespoke jewelry, baby. Sounds absolutely stunning. So, Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on listeners get 50 bucks off purchases of 500 bucks or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. And trust me, engagement will be more than 500 bucks. Use code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, then, Mr. Wright, give it to me. Game one, Sandy Alcantara, yeah. Noah Syndergaard. Uh, I personally, when I realized this was the matchup, it took me back to 2019. Noah Syndergaard obviously wasn't pitching with the Angels then. He was with the Mets. And that day, Sandy Alcantara threw his first career complete game for the Marlins on a Sunday in about 85 pitches. He absolutely blew the Mets away. It was stunning to watch. Um, but it just took me back there. Talk to us, though, about Noah Syndergaard. He was obviously signed in this one-year deal, kind of prove-it deal, right? You know, big money. 
Um, how has he been? And, and what does the future hold here for, for him with the Angels? Is there an extension potentially? Are they going to kind of enter into that kind of a discussion? What's the lowdown? Yeah, it's an interesting one, to be honest, Pete. I mean, he's pitched pretty well on the whole. I'd have to say it's been a, a plus for the team in a, mm-hmm. in a team that hasn't had so many pluses. I think he's currently got an ERA just under four, hasn't he? 3.86, maybe something like that. So he, he's doing fairly well. He's been really, really good at home. So okay. I would say his home road splits, I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but I'd say you'd see quite a significant difference. Um the velocity's not back yet, but I know it can take quite a long time for that to come back for some guys. So he's had to learn to pitch a bit differently, I would say, this year. He's probably going to be a different Syndergaard to what you were used to facing with the Mets, where mm. he was blowing, you know, yeah, blowing like 100 past you mm-hmm. um, with ease. He's not doing that now. His fastball sits around 94, 95. So still got still got enough stuff, up, but it is, it is different pitcher. In terms of extension, I think it's got to be on the cards depending on how this year ends and how things go. I think he seems to like playing in Southern California, but to be honest, who wouldn't like playing in Southern California? It's a Mm. great place to chill, play baseball, particularly for a guy like Thor. I mean, I'm sure he loves the beach down there and everything. I'm sure he does. So The beach loves him too, I would say. (laughs) Exactly, (laughs) exactly. But I don't know. I would say I'm happy with production we've had out of Syndergaard. And actually, for a change, the rotation for the Angels just hasn't been the problem this year. Mm. There you go. It's it, the old Achilles has moved away. It's like my golf game, mate. When I can, <laughs> when you know, I think the problem is my my putting, and then I put amazing. But the problem is my irons are terrible. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. Nice. Piecing it together on the same day in the same season is tough, right? So you fix the rotation. Next thing is you got the leaky bucket. What has been the problem then, mate? You know, when you kind of like strip it away, what's led to the Angels having these like just ongoing losing streaks. Yeah, so I'd say there's three things. And the start of the losing streak, it was definitely the bullpen. We blew a lot of games late. Mm. Guys, we've invested quite a lot of money in, actually, which is a change for our approach usually. We've invested in these back-end guys, and they're all collectively losing us games, just varying who he did it. I mean, the series <laughs> with the Phillies, I'm sure you'll remember, was was the big one. Took the lead and got walked off again and... Bryce hit a grand slam. And oh, was, yeah. I mean, that yeah, was yeah, yeah. That, that streak. But the bullpen has not been as good as advertised. Pieces like, uh, you know, Rice Glacius, who we've paid a lot of money for. He's done okay, but mm-hmm. nothing special. Ryan mm-hmm. Tapera. Aaron Loop has been dreadful since the start of the season. Um, we paid him a lot of money coming over from the Mets, and he just isn't delivering currently. So, one, the bullpen's really letting us down when we do have a lead. Yeah. Two, though, the hitting has been really poor outside of the top four. So I think if you look at the stats, the OPS for our top four is pretty good. So when you've got Taylor Ward leading off, who's having a massive breakout potential all-star year, Mike Trout in the two hole, you got Shohei Atani there. When you had Rendon in there, it was great. But you got like Jared Walsh around. So I mean, that top four is fine, good. I mean, better than good. It's exceptional. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the, the lineups just beyond that is no production at all. And that kind of leads on to the third point. We are just striking out way too much. We had a record the other day against the Astros. We struck out 20 times. I did see it. <laughs> that's what we do. We're not, we don't have those hitters that are trying to put the ball in play. This is the problem we have. Our top three guys are coming up with the bases clear because the bottom of the order just can't get it done. They're either not driving those guys in or they're not getting it on base for them. Mm-hmm. And you can't win games sustainably like that. When Madam is here, 
and we were winning games at the start of the year. We were playing a lot more small ball. You know, you're getting Tyler Wade bunting down the line and getting on base and using his speed, and he's now been DFA'd because we're just not doing it anymore. And we were hitting so many bombs early in the year, but that's not sustainable. And when they dry up, this is what happens. So, yeah, it's a collective effort, mate. But honestly, mm-hmm. the lineup is really disappointing. There's a lot of guys that don't really deserve to be there right now. Oh, boy. I wasn't going to talk about these guys until maybe the, the final segment, but it feels the right time to bring it up. There are, we've got to call it out. There's a couple of Marlins old friends currently on the roster. I mean, uh, the Angels didn't play yesterday, July 4th. Um, side note, actually, it means, uh, as a knock-on effect, uh, the, the July 4th caps, oh, which, no. which had a mixed review, I would describe it as. Um, yeah, they, they, they didn't look that great, but because the Angels didn't get to wear them yesterday... They're wearing them tonight. And to even it up, so are the Marlins. The oh, Marlins no. are going two times with those caps. Boy, oh boy. So anyway, I'm going off topic here now. But anyway, the caps <laughs> are on. But the Angels didn't play yesterday. So I was looking back to, to Sunday's game. Who was in the lineup? Not only was there Jonathan VR that was, uh, I believe, claimed off waivers and then yeah. given them, uh, I guess they've come into some sort of major league agreement with uh, Jonathan VR. So an old friend there for the fish. Uh, probably a little bit too soon for you to give your your uh, real yeah. you know, early insight on him. However, at the bottom of the lineup as well, Monte Harrison's been in the mix for the Angels. And it looks like it's been vintage Monte. Strikeout is a problem. Uh, actually, strikeout was a problem for VR too. But Monte Harrison, by the way, in the outfield, I saw he had a, a real stunning outfield assist from mm. uh, left field, I think, the other day. Um, but to your point, there's maybe a few guys in the lineup here who perhaps aren't major leaguers. I mean, Monte Harrison, if he struggled for playing time at the Marlins in rebuilding <laughs> years, that's maybe an indicator that he shouldn't be anywhere near an Angels lineup. But any any early indications on Monte's ability at the plate or approach? I think you know exactly what his approach is like <laughs> at the plate. It's, uh, it's been as expected, Pete. But he does have speed. He has great speed. He does. And good outfield defense from what I've seen so far. He does. These are the sort of guys that we've had out all year, you know. Mm. They have some speed and they can play defense, but they just can't hit. And ultimately, this game is about hitting. But you have to score runs. And we're just not. We're not performing. Why is he playing? Why is Monte Harrison up? When we spoke last time, you know, there was a plethora of outfielders and you had an outfield, you know, logjam coming and then all of a sudden now Monte Harrison's playing so what's been the knock-on effect to get Monte starting in the outfield yeah it's a bit of a strange one because I remember our conversation we spoke about Marsh and Adele so yeah. Adele is still down in AAA as I told you he should be mainly because the org want him to play every day mm. which I think is fine and they wanted him to work on his defense because when he was up his defense was atrocious Brandon Marsh has been good to an extent, I mean, the defense is elite. I mean, he is a gold glove potential candidate out there yeah. Uh, yeah. in left field. But really quite worried about his hitting at the moment. He's another one of those guys that keeps striking out. Mm-hmm. Um, his approach at the start of the year, putting the ball in play, is just not there anymore. It's it's gone. And I really wonder who in the Angels organization is working with him on it. Because I imagine it should be quite a quick fix. But it doesn't seem like it at the moment. So those two guys are there. And then ultimately, we've just had a bit of a bit of a revolving door of outfielders and fourth outfielders. We had Juan Ligares up for a while. We called him basically back out of retirement, brought him straight back up after a few days in AAA, and he was... Cost us a couple of games early just because the guy's not up to baseball 
speed at that point or Major League Baseball speed. But yeah, yeah, it's just disappointing. This is the way we build our rosters. And unfortunately, it is really not working for us at the moment. Stars and not stars. I was going to, it's going to be harsher about them there, but yeah, yeah. disappointing. Basically. Yeah. I, I feel the pain, no doubt. It's tough. And, you know, we're going to kind of, I guess, get into pitching matchup number two shortly because I want to hear your view on what Otani's been doing on the mound. And it looks by the numbers to have been good. So I'll let you ponder on that one a second. And uh, in the meantime, I'll let you guys know about our second sponsor of the day. And it's our good friends over at rockauto.com. So we've gone from jewelry to automobiles. And this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure the pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand they happen to stock? No, no, no. You have computers. You have access to rockauto.com. Use it. (laughs) Save time and money when using Rock Auto. That's the main thing. Don't. Don't spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. It's a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices? Reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I think Nick needs a new carpet for his car, that's for sure. Anyway, if you like what you're hearing, get yourselves over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. If you want to write Locked On Marlins, do it. That'll be good for me too. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right. Speaking of automobiles, Shoei Otani. What what a stud. What has he been doing on the mound? Because I, I, you know, I'm just blown away by this guy's numbers. How good is he? The Rolls Royce, mate, if we're speaking the about The Rolls cars. Royce, that's what I mean. He's an absolute roller. He is truly sensational. We talk about the numbers. Let me just let me just run you through those numbers oh, before baby. we talk about him. Because on the mound, last last month, right, in June, so all this losing the Angels have been doing, horrific, all the stuff. Shoei Atani is not included in that. He has no. been out of this world. He had an 11-game hit streak, career-high eight RBIs. The next night, he went for a career-high 13 Ks on the mound. He is hardest home run of the year, 118 miles per hour. He's thrown 21 and two-thirds consecutive scoreless innings. In June on the mound, it was 3-0, 0.34 ERA, 36 strikeout. Hitting, he was hitting 355 with six home runs, 17 RBI, and an OPS of 1.189. Good Lord. It's the best month ever of any player ever, right? Almost. And he didn't, right, he didn't even win. AL Player of the Month for June. Who did? Oh, I can't even remember. It's an absolute fast. That is a fast. But that is a fast. Mate, you know, it gets to the point though where you're so good that you just get overlooked for awards, yeah, right? You're just too good. It's exactly what's happening, and my guess is that's exactly what's going to happen in the MVP race at mm. the end of the year. If Judge keeps up these sort of levels, or Jordan does, yeah, my guess is Otani gets overlooked just because the Angels have been losing. And people are sort of used to now after last year, yeah. kind of used to what he's doing, even though by far the most remarkable player in the majors last year, this year as well, and going to continue and should be MVP. But, mate, he's just on the mound. He is dominant. And the best thing about him, I think, is the fact he's not just a thrower. He is a pitcher. And mm. 
He knows every hitter. He knows how to get them out. He throws probably the biggest pitch repertoire I've ever seen for a halo. I mean, he's got every single pitch in the locker. And he, he, can, throw, he can throw gas past you. He can throw you off balance with his splitter or his slider or his change or whatever. Oh, he's just phenomenal. I can gush about Atani all day. And Pete, happy birthday, Shohei Atani. It's his uh, 28th birthday today. Lovely. Well, happy birthday. Hope um, hope he has a quiet day at the plate because I'm sure he'll be hitting today. Um, um, I'm pretty sure he will be. What's the interesting question I've got for you though? And you know, we won't get to speak. Actually, we will get to speak next year now because we play everyone yeah. again now, don't we? So we'll be back. Yeah. But um, the the longer term thought I've got around Otani is, and I'm interested to get your take on this: is what how are they going to handle him? Where's this kind of contract situation coming? Because I have a feeling that it's approaching where they need to make a call where maybe you go back to free agency so give us a kind of summary on the current situation and how you think the angels will play it yeah so this isn't going to be necessarily a short one so i apologize in advance but <laughs> i probably have started coming around to a different point of view to a lot of angels fans right now so shohei has a year and a half left in his deal okay um, there's three ways of looking at it right now you either trade him now and you lose him you either keep him for the next year and a half and you lose him for to free agency, or you extend him. They are three options. To be honest, I've started saying it's lose, lose, lose for the Halos. There is actually no positive outcome we can have now. You oh re-sign him for 45 million, 50 million a year, which inevitably is going to command now. You can't afford to pay other people on the roster. And we have the same old problems. You have Trouty on a massive deal, Rendon on a massive deal. Mm. How do you afford to pay for a roster that's going to win when you have an owner that refuses to go near or over the luxury tax, right? Mm. Impossible. But you're giving up the greatest player of his generation, the most talented player of all time. And you're losing all of that Japanese market, which I know our owner absolutely loves. So that's yeah. the one option you have. Two, you have another year and a half of him. This year already seems like a write-off, but you go all in again next winter and you try again, as we seem to always try and do, to finally be the year we push on and make a challenge. Right, That's your second option. Or three, which is actually the option I think is the best one for the franchise right now, is you trade him at this deadline. A wow. year and a half. Whether anybody can put a package together that's value, I don't know. But ultimately, if you're looking from an objective point of view for the franchise, the best thing to do right now is to get as many franchise-altering prospects as you can. You do know, though, as you know better than most, that mm. doesn't always work out. <laughs> and you can you can get rid of these guys and... The return just doesn't live up to it. And it would be a real shame for Halos fans. I mean, Atani is probably the main reason to watch the team right now. In a disappointing year, you always want to tune in every fifth day to yeah. watch him on the mound. And to lose him would be pretty horrible. Um, and it would take a lot to get over. But if we're being objective, I honestly think you trade him at the deadline. Wow, wow, wow. That is it's painful. I can feel the pain. And trust me, and you can... Listen to all the the Marlins, the listeners, you know, tuning into this. They know the pain as well. Mm -hmm. The pain is real. And to go back to your other point there around, um, you know, when you make these deals, what can happen? Well, you could either make a, a Christian Yelich deal or you can make a Marcelo Zuna deal. Yeah. And they look very different in a couple of years' time. And you don't know which one you're going to get sometimes because the Yelich one, in many people's eyes, had the higher-valued prospects that were much more highly touted. But they fizzled. And they, you know, the, the Yozuna one where you get back Sandy Alcantara as part of that ends up being a stunning deal that ends up including Jazz and ends up including uh, Dan the Man Castano. We shouldn't 
Mm. Again, if I have Dan Gastano, who's actually pitching really well in the majors too. So I'm with you on the miss. It'd be so painful to be in that spot. At the end of the day, the the, the financial demands that Otani's gonna gonna have. Quite rightly, by the way. Rightly, absolutely. Quite I mean, right. listen, that it, it's a business at the end of the day, and we know that. And the way baseball operates with its players is mm. it is a business. They they make no bones about it. And so, you know, it's a big call for him, big call for the Angels. To your point, if you have an asset that you know you're not going to extend next year, if that, like, in your heart you know you can't afford him, <clears> you've got to maximize that asset as soon as you can. And, you know, the clock's, you know, the longer it, it ticks, the, the less the value is, I guess, in some ways. So The worst bit is, though, we can afford him. And the problem is our owner probably will. He, he wants to win, which is the other thing. So he wants to go somewhere he's going to win, undoubtedly. He's yeah. not Mike Trout. He's not in his comfort zone. He's come to the Major League Baseball to win. Mm. But we have an owner that, for a guy like that, would be willing to step in and just throw the ridiculous, obscene amount of money at him to keep him there. Unfortunately, he won't then increase the budget elsewhere so we will get into that position where we're just paying these huge guys and in 2002 when we won the world series we didn't have this we didn't have these stars we weren't paying huge money to like one or two pieces it was a team and i would like to see the angels get back to something that resembled a rebuild now it's been too many years of struggles and piecemeal bits trying to put together a roster around stars and it's just not worked for us Mm. But doesn't... again, the development is the one thing I struggle with in terms of the trade. Do I trust our guys to develop these prospects into outstanding major league players? No, I don't. So I that's what I mean. It's lose, lose, lose. I just don't know where to go. It's a really tough one. And it's funny because there's a few, you know, I think the Phillies in some ways have been in a similar spot for a few years where they kind of went all in and haven't. it hasn't worked, but they kind of keep pedaling, hoping to try and do it. And, you know, again, they may, you know, we'll see how 22 plays out for the Phils. But, you know, again, if they miss the boat again on the on the postseason, they're in a similar spot. They're kind of like maxed out. Where do they go? There's nowhere really to go. And to your point as well, the, a lot of these prospects, um, some of them are lottery tickets. Some of them do need the development. And do you trust their development? And again, Marlin's side, we've faced similar challenges from the hitting side, particularly pitching side. Um, we know what we're doing um, for sure, and we can yeah. see that. And I guess that's becoming more of the Marlins strategy right now is <laughs> we can develop our own pitchers, and then what we're going to do is we'll trade one or two of them away to a ready-developed hitter that's ready to rock and roll. And it brings us back to, we spoke about it when we uh, when we got together on the last the, the, the last episode, mm. week one. You know, the Max Meyer-Brandon Marsh deal revisiting that, you know, where at the deadline, the Angels said no. When we spoke... I think you were still happy in the no camp. I think you were still happy with Brandon Marsh. We haven't mm-hmm. seen Max Meyer at the big league level this year. We've seen a bit of Brandon Marsh, though, so we're kind of getting a read on where he's at um, and where his levels are, are playing at. Where's your head at now, Brandon Marsh, one for one for uh, Max Meyer? I mean, I would have t- I'd take the trade now. You take it now. I think Marsh, Marsh is playing below his level at the play. He's yeah. a much better hitter than he's showing right now. And he, he will develop into a, a good major league hitter. He's a five-tool guy. I mean, he's got he's got the speed and he's got the elite defense. And the bat will come around. He's got some sneaky pop and he'll put the ball in place. So I'm not worried about him. But at the same time, from what I've seen from Meyer, outside of when he was injured and you know had a few dodgy starts to me around the injury. But yeah. he looks like a potential stud, doesn't he? He as does. Well. So... 100% if I was offered it right now, 
would snap your hand off for it. It's really funny though, isn't it? Because the Marlins, if they go on this run through July against some some winnable, there is some winnable series. So the Marlins could be, you know, we're only two games under five. We could finish this series and be at five hundred um, if if we play great. Um, the Marlins could be buyers again at the deadline, yeah. and you know that would be an enticing situation because. You know, a lot of teams are going and thinking, how do we upgrade? We don't have the ammo. I've heard that a few times. Can we go and get this guy? No, I don't think we have the ammo to get him. <laughs> the Marlins have the ammo to get any guy out yeah. there. They absolutely do. And it would be very, very intriguing to see where they go with this one. And I'm not fully ruling it out. I'm, if the Marlins identified Brandon Marsh last year and thought, we'll make a deal, it wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out to, for them to go back to the well because we still have an outfield problem. The outfield yeah. problem has not been addressed. Center field has not been addressed. We still have that problem. So if the Angels are out of it and they think, okay, maybe re- retool vibes are coming, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. There's, al- there's also another guy called Joe Adele that might fit quite nicely in there, in the oh, outfield. Oh boy, I mean, you know, need to work on that defense maybe. But um, yeah, I, I, I always thought Joe Adele might be the obvious one. Once the kind of Marsh, um, Maya thing fizzled away, I thought, mm, I wonder what they're thinking about Joe Adele. Um, but, you know, obviously he <laughs> hasn't really played well at the major league level this year. And I think that's the thing for the Marlins now. If they are going to make a deal, then and it's to address a center field option. They need like that Starling Marte, like mm. they went and got just a proven dude on a team that's out of it with multiple years of control. That's the profile. I think probably like a Joe Adele is still like that's it's a coin flip guy. Yeah, and sure. you know it's not quite what they need. It's going to be a really intriguing deadline if the Marlins are in it. I'm excited about it because I've seen them be aggressive when they are buyers mm. um, in the 2020 year. So it's going to be a lot of fun, that one, for sure. <laughs> you, you talked about a lot of strikeouts. We'll round up here in a sec. Talked about a lot of strikeouts for the Angels. The interesting part, though, is Sandy Alcantara going tonight. Trevor Rogers going tomorrow. Trevor's yeah. had a real tough year. And Sandy Alcantara, listen, he's not known for his strikeouts. He isn't. He loves pitching into contact. I do wonder if actually Sandy and his game matches up well. So what the Angels do, I don't know. I'm really intrigued. I think this could be a little sneaky banana skin here for Sandy Alcantara because, listen, those Angels are up there looking to do some serious damage. It isn't always working. But Sandy's pitching to contact, and that's what he <laughs> likes to do. Um, I don't know. If, if you're a betting man, is Sandy is Sandy going less than seven innings today? Absolutely not. If I'm a betting man, he's, <laughs> if I'm a betting man, he's complete game again, <laughs> and he'll be he'll be above his usual strikeout levels as well. I can guarantee above it. his levels. Okay, he'll be above his levels. He's Sandy's going to dominate this lineup tonight. You're going to see you're going to see a solo shot from Show, and that's about it for the Halos. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, you've called it now. So not sounding good on game one. What about game two though? Otani obviously on the mound uh, going against Trevor Rogers, who's not been great. I'm confident of that. Every yeah. time Shohei's on the mound now, I expect that to be our one win of the week. So I love it. <laughs> it's funny. We, we our, our mindsets are the same. That's why it would have been so intriguing to have seen those two yeah. match up one-on-one, two studs. And to be honest, I'd have loved it. The Marlins just went, Sandy, you're DHing today as well, <laughs> just for just for flair. <laughs> that would have been great. Um, all right, we are bang out of time. Nick's going for a one-one series. I am also going for a 1-1 series. I think Sandy gets game one, and I think Shoei gets game two. I think that's probably the consensus. Um, I'm intrigued to see how much uh, playing time uh, both Jonathan VR and Monte Harrison get. 
And let's hope the Marlins get back to their full-strength lineup. It has been agricultural, their lineups, for the last couple of days. So uh, we'll wait and see how much playing time Billy Hamilton gets. Um, but that is us done for Tuesday's episode of Locked on Marlins. Nick, for those that aren't watching the show and don't have the graphics to help them, tell everyone where they can get you on Twitter, brother. You can get me at LA Angels UK on Twitter, on Instagram, and on TikTok. And oh, my days. Yeah, exactly. And if you fancy listening to an Angels podcast, you can find us on Halfway Around the Halo and all your favorite podcast platforms. Love it. All right, that is us out of here. Thank you for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. And if you're thinking about your second listen of the day, then, well, why not hop over to Locked On MLB Prospects? Lindsey Crosby hosts that one, and, it, and he is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your pods, as is Locked On Marlins, of course. So don't forget to subscribe to either the YouTube channel or the podcast, wherever you get them. And that's us done. We're going to be back tomorrow, Wednesday, of course. It's a daily pod, unless you, in case you hadn't realized right now. So back on Wednesday, looking back at game one, looking ahead to game two, it may be a solo pod, or if not, guest to be confirmed. But let's go, Sandy. <laughs>